Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Just to give you guys um, a little bit of background, um, this is one of the things that we commit to as a body of Christ, and we come together. As, you want to know what's funny? Is every single one of us, we're intertwined. Yeah. We're connected. We're not, no one's an island, okay? We are connected. It's funny, you know, our brains are actually built um, that we can affect one another without even saying a word. You know that? And you can, did you know that? You can affect somebody's attitude with a facial expression. Isn't that crazy? Your, your brain is built like that, right? Stop looking at me, Steve. <laughs> but, our, but our brains are built that way. We're interconnected. And one of the powerful things just in a community is that we come together and we, and we realize we don't have the strength to do what God is asking us to do on our own. There isn't anyone smart enough. There isn't anyone strong enough. There isn't anybody righteous enough. We've got to come together, and this is... One of the reasons why we set aside the first day is, number one, we look back and say, God, just thank you. Just One of the things that's been helpful for me is just going day by day from the last month and just going through what happened. Like, I pull out my planner, I go through, like, what was going on, and just thank you. Good, bad, whatever, just thank you, all right? And then as Ben was sharing, it's this idea of, you know what, we have a month ahead that we don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. It may be the greatest month of your life and it may be the worst month of your life, right? And it's that idea of, man, I'm not equipped for that. There isn't a single person that's equipped for that, but it's really, it's crying out to God, okay? It's that. We do have some resources, though, that I wanted to show you here. If you go to our website, don't do it now, though, if you're on your phone, okay? But ClemsonFoothills.com, you can go to the website, and if you scroll down, you'll get this little section right here. And, um, and, and what you have is, you see that arrow? Boom! Look at that! <laughs> but uh, you just click on that, and, and uh, there's a, you can print out this little sheet. It kind of can help you out if you want to kind of go through, man, what happened last month? What, 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 what may be coming up? You may have some things on your calendar, and you're like, I really need to pray about this now. Like, these things are coming up, okay? So if you want um, some resources, and we're going to keep adding resources to this, um, but um, feel free to go, and you can print that off, and I hope it's useful to you. Um, so as we begin and we open up the Word, you can turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. We were just there not too long ago. We're back, okay? In fact, we're in the exact same place, okay? You can turn over to Genesis chapter 22. Before we start, though, okay, we're going to have a time of prayer, and we're going to have a time of just personal prayer, but... But here's what I'd like for you to do, okay? Um, I'd like for you to pray for the people sitting around you, okay? You know, typically what we do is we really, this is a time I, I like, we've got to interface with God so, so you aren't relying on me. You're not relying on a personality. You're not relying on like this perfectly planned. As you can see from my PowerPoint presentation, that little arrow, 
Listen, you are not going to see technology at its finest today, okay? If you're dependent on that to hear the word of God, you've got to, we've got to interface personally with him and say, let me just hear your word, right? It's just me right here. Let me just hear your word, right? Shut out all of whatever. Just let us hear that, okay? Um, but today, so typically we'll do that. Today, I'd like you to pray for the people sitting around you. That for the people sitting around you. So let's take a minute. Word. Uh, Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to guide us, uh, to open our ears, to open our hearts, Father, to do things we cannot do on our own. We, we, we want to hear from you. We want, uh, please give us courage to be honest with ourselves. Please give us courage to, to, uh, to leave here um, as givers, as people who give, as people who, who are grateful, uh, Father, as, as people who love deeply, uh, just like you. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Um, so Genesis chapter 22. So if you're not aware, so this is our year-long theme is by faith, okay? And what's really great about that is there isn't anyone that couldn't use more. No one, okay? There isn't anybody. You, you can't go around, man, every one of us needs more, right? And, and that's not even me judging you. You're going to stop judging me, okay? I'm just saying it's real, right? I mean, we all need more faith, more you know, we've broken down that word, right? This idea of trust. Just, he, just Jesus, I trust you. And he asks us to do some things. He asks us to be a certain way. He asks us to navigate relationships in a way that um, it, it's not easy, right? <laughs> it just isn't. It's not always comfortable, right? He doesn't lead us in this comfortable path, which kind of bothers me sometimes, you know? I'm like, come on. Can't you just, a little easier, please. And, and here's what Jesus is all about is, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you all in a position to depend on Jesus. And you're going to find life to the full, right, when we stop depending on ourselves. And so there's this story. I love Genesis 22 with um, many of you are familiar, Abraham and Isaac. Um, we, we went through it, but listen, there are multiple lessons to be learned in this section. And, and here's what's crazy about this whole story about Abraham. And, and, and I just would like to kind of stir some thoughts for you. Um, can you tell the story accurately of Abraham and Isaac? All right. I'm not asking you to do that right now. I'm not going to put you on the spot like, hey, come on up here and do it. But the reason why I say that is because sometimes um, we don't oftentimes maybe pay attention um, to things in order for us to communicate the story back to people. And so we feel weird if we're not reading a Bible verse by verse or word by word. And we've got to be able, if we're going to communicate to humanity, to the world, we've got to be able to like tell this story because the story's got to be personal to us, right? Isn't it easier to tell a story that's personal to you? It's, it's much harder to tell a story that's impersonal, right? But when it's personal... You know, you don't even need notes. You don't need it. It's personal. You're just like, this is just, man, I love this story, and here's why. And, and, and to be able to tell that story about a, a man, right? I mean, Abraham, who was this guy? He's just out there, and, and God said, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to leave your home. I want you to go to the land I'm telling you to go to, right? And, boy, that's crazy right there. I mean, it, we do the church thing, right? We're just like, oh, that's sure. That's awesome. That's easy. We would just do that, right? We would just pack up and move. Uh, but this is incredibly difficult. We, we've got to place ourselves, if we're going to understand this text, 
we've got to place ourselves like squarely in the text and go, hold on a minute. What if God just said, listen, I want you to do this. And it was so crazy. <laughs> and it was so disruptive. And it was so what you, maybe you didn't want to do. Right? That's what Abraham faced. And then he went, and what's interesting about Abraham is his wife, Sarah, was barren. She was not able to conceive. Um, and so, um, and, and really, that was, that was a bad place to be because that said something about you in the culture and in the community as a, as a woman or as a family. You weren't able to conceive. This was a disgrace, Okay. Um, and we're saying, well, that's not a disgrace. That, no, no, but in the culture, in their understanding, though, that's what I'm saying is we've got to sit in their culture. It's to go, it's to go wow, um, this, this lady, his wife, is, is disgraced, and the years go on, and the embarrassment mounts, and it's like, what's wrong with Abraham, and what's wrong with Sarah, and, and, and they're supposed to be hearing from God, and they're doing all these things, but, and, and then, and then finally God says, listen, I'm going to give you a son. And they were old. They were old, even for us. I know we joke about that. We're like, well, what's old? Listen, when you're 100 years old, that's old. Okay? <laughs> Don't be sensitive when you reach 100 to go, why are you calling me old? Because it is, okay? It just is. It's okay, though. And Sarah's 90, and God says, well, she's going to have a baby. And you know, it's okay to go, are you kidding me? God, are you serious? At a hundred, I mean, you know, Ben is like, can you imagine at a hundred? You know, <laughs> you're like, man, Ben's like, where, you know, I, I'm not even going to say, I, listen, I'm going to veer away from that court. You were taking me places right there, okay? But you're going, it's hard enough when I'm in my 30s and my 20s, okay? What are you thinking? And then God did it, all right? That, that should be enough to go, wow, you know what? There is, God can do whatever God wants to do. Right, And he did this, but then he tested Abraham, it says in Genesis 22. Oh. <laughs> I mean, to me, it, it just all happened overnight. It all happened overnight, huh? <laughs> That's right. Yesterday I was in high school, mm-hmm. in college, yeah. married and raised three children, grandchildren. Yeah. It, 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 it passes really fast. Like that, huh? Like that. Well, you've done a great job with 87 years. Amen. I'm yeah, telling you. That's a long time. Yeah. I don't know why God's letting me live. Well, there's a reason, right? There's a reason for it. But well, we're glad to have you here. We haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. yeah it's so good I to have you. Yeah. I love it. Are you taking care of Byron? Are you making sure Byron's staying in line? <laughs> He's trouble. That guy's trouble right there, I tell you. <laughs> Good. Right, right, right. That's why the Lord has you there, to help that man. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, yeah, it's great to have. But, yeah, it's amazing. Boy, the blink of an eye, huh? Man, the blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I don't know how you feel about that word right there. And, you know, you think of. Genesis 22, and Miss Doris, you've probably gone through this before where God tested you, right? And, and we read this here. It says that God tested Abraham, and, and I don't know how that word, like, sinks in onto your heart. Like, oh, I don't 
know if I like that very much, okay? I don't like tests in school. Um, I don't like tests in general. I just don't like them, okay? Um, but he just said that he did test Abraham, and he said, Abraham, Isaac, the son you love. Okay, he said, the son you love, I, you've got to sacrifice him. Okay, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? The son you love, the one, by the way, I promised you. The one I provided, the one I gave to you, that one. You've got to sacrifice him. And we don't know the timeline. Uh, you know, I think in, in our minds, sometimes we think it's very robotic, right? Like Abraham's like, yes, Lord. And then let me come here. Isaac, and then you, it's like this dumb, like movie would know. But it's, can you imagine, you know, as a, as a dad hearing that, the agony you would be going through. Right. As a mom, the agony you would be going through. Right. As a brother, as a community member, the agony of like, oh, my goodness, this is personal. We know Isaac. Right. He's with us. And so we don't know the time frame, but they started walking. And we do know that Abraham took a long way to get there. Okay, he could have got there quicker. He was like, "Okay, we're going to do it. Isaac, come on. Let's saddle up the donkey. Let's put some wood on it. Let's get going. All right. And we do know Abraham could have gone a quicker way, and he didn't, okay? And I imagine we all understand that, right? We're going, okay. Um, it's like my kids going to bed at night, you know? It's like <laughs> they could go directly to bed, but it's like water, bathroom, just, you know, like 17 steps because I really don't want to go to bed, okay? Um, but it's this idea Abraham's going, okay, I got a little bit of time. We're going to take the long We're going to go nice and slow. We're going to camp a little bit on the way, okay? And... Um, it's really interesting because it dawns on Isaac at some point. He's like, hey, hey Dad, um, you know, we have everything here except the sacrifice. And do you remember what Abraham said to him? He said, the Lord will provide. I mean, can you imagine the words coming out of his mouth like, whoo, man. It's just like hearing your boy say this and the words that come. And you're like, the Lord will provide. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Okay. And then. And then, you know, the story culminates, they get there, and, and he's like, listen, you're the sacrifice, you need to, I'm going to tie you up here, and I'm going to kill you and sacrifice you, because God told me to, and then we all know, man, that was the, God stopped him, the angel of the Lord stopped, said, stop, right there, okay, and, and uh, it's really interesting, he looked over, and he's like, man, there's this ram over here, and it's stuck, that's the sacrifice, go and sacrifice that, okay, and, and can you imagine the exhilaration that both people felt? I mean, Isaac for sure, right? I mean, Isaac's got a, a front seat view of like a dagger, you know, and you're going, ah, you know, woo, you know, and Abraham, could you imagine the celebration, right? I mean, I'm talking about ecstasy. Think about it. We do crazy things when our favorite team wins a title. We climb up on telephone poles. We roll cars over. We set things on fire. We do all of those kind of things. Can you imagine with this? Wow, man. Can you imagine just the, the, could you imagine the worship that was going on when they sacrificed that ram? I mean, it's just like, God, you are awesome. You are, and, and, and Isaac's, or Abraham said this, listen, from now on, I got a name for this place. And I love that in the Old Testament, they name places. To remind them of things. And he says, here's what this place is going to be called. It's going to be called the Lord provides. Because every time we think about this place, we don't want to think about this place like a city name. 
We don't want to think of this place like, oh, yeah, it's up there in the countryside. No, no, no. And, and the, the Hebrew word is Yahweh Yirah. You know, and so it's not like, hey, where are y'all going? It's not like when the family was cruising around, they're like, hey, you remember that place? What did we call it? We know what it is. Yahweh year. Well, what's that mean? The Lord provides. Every time you say it, the Lord provides, okay? And that's this little section right here at the end of Genesis 22. Well, that's not the end, but um, he says, uh, uh, let's go ahead and just read this for context. 22 verse 12 will start. Uh, the, the angel of the Lord stops Abraham and says, don't lay a hand on the boy or anything. Don't do anything to him. For now that I know you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So today it said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. All right, so this is craziness right here. I mean, it should. There should be something about this story that moves us, regardless of who we are or where we are or whatever. But this word, this name, should be imprinted on our hearts. All right, now you're going, dude, what is that first thing? That's like a, what is that? That's like an emoji thing? Is that like a, some kind of thing that you text to somebody, right? I mean, there's all kinds of little text like, no, no, no. This is... The first name of God. This is the personal name. This is what Moses was told when he said, who are you? He said, I'm this. And you know, you can't even pronounce that. (laughs) But it means something. I'll tell you this. to, To know what this name means changes everything about how we follow Jesus. To know what this means. You know... You know how, per, like, like Sarah shared, like the meanings of personal names, right? And how they can remind us of things. And, and, and particularly thousands and thousands of years ago, names meant something, like, like literally meant something, okay? Um, and you know what? This name means a lot of things. You know, one of the things it means is the uncreated. Do, do you know anything that hasn't been created? <laughs> he, he declared himself, nobody built me, nobody made me. That's my name. My name is nobody made me. Okay? You're like, but who made God? Yahweh. No one made me. All right? It also means no ending. Now, you can't name anyone else this. <laughs> no one else can be named this. There's so much to this name. And so every time, in fact, Jews wouldn't even say this word. They're like, no, don't even say it. It's too sacred. Don't even utter the words. In fact, they didn't even start adding, we're familiar with like when we added some vowels in there, Yahweh, when they added an A and an E and all that, this is the Lord provides. Or, you know, that word right there at the end, your Bibles might, says, uh, might say the Lord sees. Here's a better translation would be the Lord saw to it. You know, when we tell somebody says, I'll see to that. I'll see to it, okay? The Lord provides, okay? And so this should be something I hope, if nothing else, we walk out of here with is this, like, inscribed deeply on our heart. No matter what situation we're going through, the Lord provides. The Lord provides. Well, but this how, but the Lord provides, all right? And we've got to kind of dig through this a little bit because we've got to go, hold on a minute. It's not that easy. I don't know if it was that easy for, um, for Abraham. Certainly not, okay? Okay. Um, so how did he do it? 
That, that's an intriguing thing, right? Because we're not here to like, ex, you know, to, to follow like every little step that Abraham made, but we've got to go, hold on, this guy did it. Like we have somebody in our lineage. Yeah, Abraham's in our spiritual family, right? You know, but we're not Jewish. He's in our spiritual family, okay? It's not, he's not like, who's Abraham? No, he doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. What? Okay. You think about this is this is personal. This is someone in our family that has gone through this, right? And they're going, hold on a minute. How did you, how did you do this? Now, here's what's crazy. If you want some help like navigating the Bible or even believing the Bible, this is a nice little place to start because the story that's told, the story that is inscribed, this is not normal religion, what do I mean by that? Most like religious kind of like worldviews center ultimately on something I'm getting that's good. Okay? And that's what draws people in. It's like even in Christianity, there's a prosperity theology of, well, Jesus is good, but if you follow him, he'll give you really good things. And, and you see the problem there? It's about me and not him. And so to, to tell a story, to describe a God, who says, I'm going to bless you with something and then ask you to give it away. That is not appealing. That's not appealing to us today. That's not, in any way, that's not appealing. We're going, really? I want to follow that guy? I like the guy that gives me good stuff. I, I like the guy that's going to give me, like, you know, hey, no one's perfect, but just can you give me that really awesome, you know, job or car or house or whatever, right? And we can fall into that a little bit and this wasn't a story that was normal, and we shouldn't hear it as normal, okay? This is, this is unnormal even in our own standards of Christianity is he tells this story, but here's the interesting thing about this is um, there was one voice Abraham heard above all, mm-hmm. okay? And this is, this is what's really important. Everything we read in the Bible, here, here's a context that can be applied to everything, is that everything is written in the context of the kingdom of God. Why do I say that? Because in a kingdom, there's a king. The king matters most. Now, in our world, leaders, kings, dictators, presidents, you name it, boy, that's not what people look at and go, those guys are awesome. Right. I mean, in history, very rarely do you look back and say, you know, that guy who was in charge of everything, he was incredible. Most most of the time we don't. Jesus is this different king. He's a king that turns everything backwards. Okay, it's this king of I'm not coming to take something from you. I'm here to wash your feet. I'm here as a servant. I'm here to give you an example to follow. I'm here to go before you. I'm here to die for you. Okay. I mean, this is a whole different, so everything is in light of the kingdom of God, okay? And so when you think, he heard one voice above all, he heard a king, and he knew the king was in charge of him, okay? Abraham understood that, and that's where a place, me and you, in order to get to that really incredible place that Abraham got to of faith, there's these little steps, but this is a primary step is am I tuning my ear to hear the king above all that? And you want to know what? We live, we live in a noisy world, right? I mean, it's not even like 
social media, um, 24-hour news. I mean, we were, you know, just inundated with sound and all that kind of stuff. But there's something else that's our even worse, I think, is that little voice in our own head. Right. <laughs> right. That's noisy. To most of us, that's noisy, okay? And most of us, the, the, uh, the voice in our head is like switching back and forth, really doing the same thing in different ways, okay? Is either, either telling you, man, you aren't worth anything, you are horrible, you should be embarrassed of yourself, you should be, it's either saying that or he flips and does really the same thing in a different way and says, no, you're awesome, you're the best, you're the greatest, and either way, you get insecure, Right, because have you ever have you ever heard somebody say give you a compliment like a personal compliment, and you just you you're like man that doesn't make me feel any better. Okay, it'll make me feel maybe prideful like oh yeah I am awesome. So there's this, a lot of times that noise in our head is the worst, and it's switching back and forth between pride and insecurity, pride and just just torture. All right, you're not measuring up. Okay, and Abraham was able to like. I'm going to hear the king's voice above that because we have to assume Abraham was a guy. It's not like he was just like had no issues, like he just had this perfect mindset. He had a brain like me and you and he had a body like me and you and he had stuff going on like me and you, right? And he did this. He heard that voice and you're going, wow, man, um, how did he do that? Well, you know, by the time we got to Genesis 22, you know, Abraham had gone through some things with God, huh? He had gone through some things. He had already kind of been led and, and obeyed. He had come out of his own country, right? He had obeyed in a, in a number of different ways, right? This wasn't new to him, but here's the interesting thing is, is that Abraham over the years was getting to know who God is, okay? And that is what profoundly hinders me and you is getting to know who is this God, over the years, Abraham was cultivating this relationship to know that, no, no, I trust that God. I love that God. He's not like anyone else I've ever met. And what he tells me is right. What he tells me is trustworthy. What he tells me, it's this idea of, you know, I would imagine Abraham probably went through this, and this is something me and you can do, is just meditating and repetition. You know, you know they, they didn't just have a whole stack of books they carried with them places. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have all this kind of stuff. It was like, how would you remember things? You kept talking about them. And could you imagine as you're walking through with your caravan and your family and everything, and you're just meditating, man, you know, God is awesome. Man, he's great. You remember what he did, and you're just talking about it, and you're repeating it over and over and over again. You want to know what we learn about our brain is? Boy, the more things are repetitive, our brain just clings onto them, okay? And believe me, the world is repeating things over and over and over again. They're sticking in our brain, okay? We've got to, like, fight that with some repetition about who God is, all right? So it's the idea of, man, that voice of reminding yourself, hold on a minute, who is this guy? I can trust him. Why am I nervous right now? No, he's got this because I've been through this before. Yes, okay, and it doesn't mean that you're just all happy and everything, but it's the idea of going, I can keep walking forward, okay? This is how, Abra you, you think of Abraham and just walking through and repeating this, remembering this. You know, it's funny, um, we want, really, we don't even want this, this is just what happens. What's inside of us overflows. Yeah. Doesn't matter. What's inside of us overflows. And I'll tell you, if we want God, if we want Jesus, if we want the word of God to flow out of us, we've got to be shoving it in, we've got to be filling the vessel, all right? 
And it's this idea of just flowing out. He heard this one voice, but man, he did this crazy thing that is tough for us, I think. And you go, well, hold on a minute. Okay, I can do that. I can remember. I can repeat. I can do those things. He obeyed, he obeyed when he did not know the future. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't know that God was going to stop him. He didn't know what was ahead. He didn't know. All right? And you know what's funny is, is he could have made a lot of really incredible religious excuses, right? Me and you do this, by the way. Me and you do this. We reason decisions and we reason things going, no, no, but God wants me to have this. But God wants me this. God wants to give me this. And and there wasn't probably anybody on the face of the earth that had heard the voice of God and said, yes, I'm giving you this son. He's yours. You love him. He's from me. Could you imagine how many times Abraham was like, but God wants me to have Isaac. I, what, that doesn't make sense to kill him. Like, no, I'm not going to kill him. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to obey. He's like, you know what? Part of growing in faith, like the, the journey as Ben was talking about and, and, and maturing is the idea of I'm going to... I'm going to obey with what I see now, what I know now. He knew at that moment, take your son up to that mountain. That's what I'll obey. But what about later? Don't worry about later. You know what to do now. All right. And a lot of us, we get caught up in two weeks ahead, three weeks ahead, four weeks ahead, and we're worried about all these things. And we forget that, you know what? There's something me and you can do right now. And when we walk out these doors and we forget about those things and they're very simple things, which is, you know what? Love people the way Jesus loved us. <laughs> but it's easy. We get so caught up hearing our own story and our own voices and all this kind of stuff that we're too worried to even go, let me obey in the present moment right now. Okay. But he then tells us to do, I mean, he does, then he does something here that's really crazy. Um, and, and this is what I wrote down in my own notes. I was like, how can I? He lost control. Abraham lost control. This is what I'm learning in my own life. There's one way. I mean, let me, let me take that back, okay? Because like, there's more than one way. Yes, there is more than one way. One of the ways to grow in faith is to lose control. Okay? There might not be a scarier statement made. Okay? And there is not anyone in here, no one. That we don't love control. We don't strive to control. We don't yearn for control. We don't, even if you're not in our minds, in our hearts, we want to control circumstances and outcomes. And we want to control all these things. Abraham lost control. You know, it's, it's interesting because um, really in different seasons of life, you have d- different types of control, right? Um, you know, I... Let me say this, though, okay? Uh, let's, let's kind of turn some of our current thinking on its ear a little bit, okay? Because I think it's still very easy to think, okay, I'm going to lose control because what God wants for me is way better than what I had in mind, okay? It is spiritually. <laughs> it, it is spiritually, okay? It might not be materialistically. It might not be financially, it might not be in terms of your dreams and your goals and all that kind of stuff. So we've got to be very clear that as we're going, hold on, I'm going to lose control. See, Abraham lost control, and God didn't say, hey, go and, like, 
build Disneyland and have a great place to have a vacation or go and, you know, go and do this and go and do that. He said, go and give your son. Okay. It's interesting that some of us will be faced with decisions in our lives um, when it comes to even your jobs and your dreams. Right. I mean, I look back, you know, this week was was a week where a, a really a powerful man of mine, a mentor of mine in, in sports medicine passed away. Right. And so I have a lot of friends who are doing a lot of really neat things in the sports medicine world. OK, really neat. I mean, working with a lot of different teams. My goal was to work in the NFL. That's what I wanted to do. That was my next step. OK, was to go there. And um, and here's the interesting thing is, is when. Jesus calls you, all right, it may not be towards your dream, all right? Like, believe me, there are times I'm watching my friends and they're working in the Super Bowl or they're working in the World Series or they're doing this or they're working in national title games and they're doing this. I'm going, man, that would have been awesome. That would have been so neat to get the rings and the gear and the notoriety and it's all fun and games and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing about this is, is God's dream isn't necessarily my dream, okay? So here's the truth of the matter is, is for me to make a decision to even go, okay, yeah, we're called to go into the paid ministry, okay? We're called to do that. That both wasn't a sexy dream, okay? That wasn't like kids don't think that. They're like, oh, you know what? I can't wait. <laughs> and it wasn't financially like beneficial, <laughs> okay? It wasn't like, you know how you want to really make it in life? <laughs> you go to ministry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Listen, when you're called, and you want to know what? I'm just sharing about me, but you all have decisions to make too. Right. And sometimes it's so hard to lose control because you go, but my dream, if I went through this world without my dream, okay? How many of y'all have ever watched the um, movie Field of Dreams? Okay, it's the best movie ever made, right behind Gladiator, okay, because I know Roy's like, come on, man, but Field of Dreams, okay, you got to watch Field of Dreams, it's not a baseball movie, you may think it is, no, 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 it's a story about God, okay, I'm just telling you, um, and, and <laughs> it is, it's gonna, they're going to show this movie in heaven, okay, um, but there was a character, his name was Moonlight Graham, and Moonlight Graham, he got to, he got to stand in the outfield in one Major League Baseball game for one inning, and then he never got to play Major League Baseball, and that was his dream. And then he became a doctor. He became a doctor in a small town. And he was given the opportunity in this movie by Kevin Costner, who was in the movie, okay? And Kevin Costner says, what if I could tell you I could take you right now to live your dreams out? Like, right now, you could go be a Major League Baseball star, okay? And Moonlight Graham was like, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. And Kevin Costner's getting very upset. He's like, but really, you're throwing this away. To get that close, he says, to get that close to your dream and to not let it happen. And Moonlight Graham, who was a physician at the time, he said, you know, if he had only been able to be a doctor for five minutes, that would have been a tragedy. Okay? And, and you think about what a change that is. You know, I feel like, man, if I only got to be in the ministry for five minutes, that would be a tragedy. Right? If I only, there would have been, it wouldn't be, it's not a tragedy to not work in the NFL. It's not a tragedy to not follow my, it's a tragedy if I would have missed out on what God's plan is. That would have been a tragedy, right? And so it's the idea of he, Abraham lost control. I don't know what his dreams were, but he lost control. All right? We've got to make these decisions, jobs and dreams and, oh man, money and financial things. And 
realizing that, you know, I mean, I remember when um, me and Abby were dating not too long ago. It wasn't that long ago. And I remember thinking, okay, I, so just to give you guys some insight. So when I became a disciple, I prayed. I, I knew. This is what I said. I said, I want to get married. Okay. That's it. I'm tired of dating. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Okay. I, did, I want. And so every morning I would walk around campus at Florida State University. I'd walk around and I would just pray. But here's what I pray. I would pray, God, please, like, equip whoever's going to be that they are following you wholeheartedly. Like, whoever that is. But then I would pray this one verse, Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart, okay? Now, here's the thing about it is, is, is a, lot, a lot of times we read that verse and we're like, oh, dude, it's so much about what you're getting. No, no, it's not. It's transforming. God, let me just be happy with you and you take care of the rest. Let me be happy with you and you take care. I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm going to be happy in you and what you want. And I'm not going to worry about anything else. And then so, then I met Abby. We started dating and all of a sudden, and you want to know what happened to me? I can't lose her. Like, man, I, me and this brother, so <laughs> there's a brother that worked in the athletic department, and he would come down, and he would go, I'm going to ask Abby out this weekend to go on a date, and I would be like, not if I get to her first. <laughs> no, you, I'm going to see her first. <laughs> and I would cut this joker off, man. I mean, it was like life and death. I'm telling you, I'll kill people for my children. I felt that way at that time. I'm like, I'm not losing this. I'm not losing this, okay? I will do whatever it takes. You want to know what that is? It's just clinging on to control. God, I will not let you get in there. I've got it, and I'm not letting it go, okay? And boy, I'll tell you, that's a hard lesson to learn, okay? And and Abraham learned it when he let, he goes, okay, uh, there you go. I'm going to let Isaac go. You get him. Boy, that is a tough, tough place to be, right? Parenting, this happens in parenting, right? Um, so maybe you guys remember years ago, um, University of Texas used to have a pretty good football team and they played in the national championship game. All right. And there was a quarterback named Colt McCoy. I don't know if you guys ever remember this guy. So Colt McCoy and, and he, in the national championship game, blew his knee out. All right. And handled it. I mean, beautifully. I mean, the afterwards the team lost and afterwards he gave interviews and he was just so composed and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 uh, reporter asked his father like how did you raise your son to be at this the the greatest moment of his athletic life the time when he was going to like break free the time he was going to win a national championship and become this superstar NFL how did you raise him in a way that it really blew everyone away when he was just so composed and like you know non-anxious and stuff and the dad gave this quote so he said here's what we did um, we didn't uh, prepare the path for our child. We prepared our child for the path. Right. Yeah. See, see, as parents, control looks like us working three steps ahead of our children to make sure the path is going to be okay so they don't trip. Let me go in and make sure they've got the best teachers. And this. Now, you're not going to have that teacher. You're going to have this teacher. You're going to have this. Gonna... Hey, listen, you want to know what? Our kids are going to have to learn how to deal with bad teachers. You know, our kids are going to have to learn to deal with scraped knees. Our kids are going to have to learn to deal with that stuff. All right. And it's the idea of I don't, you know, parental control is and I feel it is let me prepare the path. So there's no it's smooth sailing. 
Losing control is, you want to know what? My kids and your kids are going to have to do the same thing that everyone else's kids had to do, was they're going to have to walk a path that they're going to fall down, and they're going to get hurt, and things are going to get bad, and all that kind of stuff. And us preparing the path and controlling is making them weaker and more fragile and less faithful because we're telling them, you can't handle this. God can't handle this. That's the worst message. Listen, I'm doing this because God can't even help you. Instead of going, hold on a minute, let me prepare, let's prepare our children for the path. Let's pre- pre- prepare them with resiliency in Jesus, right? Help, help them to overcome adversity in Jesus. Help them to be gracious in defeat. Help them to, to, to create this character to where when they do fall, they're going, no, no, Yahweh Yira. The Lord provides. The Lord provides, okay? It's this idea of he lost control. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, well, how do I do that? Here's one thing I would share with you to go and do, okay? Be more about God's stuff than your stuff. Be more about that. Be more about helping people become disciples. Be more about that than your plans, than your, like, whatever you want to do. Be more about that when you leave. Be more about serving people. Be more about other people, about your kids and your family and your spouses. Be more, okay, about what God wants in their life than about what I want God to do in my life, right? Delight yourself in him, and God, you take care of the rest. I'm going to do what you want to do, and I know you'll take care of the rest because Yahweh Hira, right? This is just one of those things that just drive into us, okay? But here's, here's the interesting thing is, is, so he got up, boom, God stopped it. You're not going to kill him. There's a ram over there. I don't know what it looked like. A ram like caught in a thicket. You know, he's not getting out and all that kind of stuff. And you're going, wow, you want to know what? In, in Abraham's mind, the Lord provided. The Lord provided this ram. And, and as I was kind of navigating through this passage right here, I thought, you know what's funny? I wonder how many times God provided a ram that we were just annoyed by. That that Abraham's up there, and he's like so focused on his own pain and his own sorrow. He's like, will you shut up? The ram is over there. He's like, gosh, I wish that ram had stopped messing around. Gosh, he's driving me crazy. I'm trying to have some quiet here. You know, his son is crying. The ram is, you know, and, and I wonder how often that happens where God is like, I've already provided you with what you need. It's in the thicket. It's just you're annoyed by it. Right? Like, like the word of God. I've already provided you for this. Yeah, yeah, I want you to read it every day. <laughs> I want you to learn it every day. I want you to obey it every single day. That's just annoying. Well, there's your ram. What, what about like the fellowship, brothers and sisters in your life? I just, I don't want to hear what they have to say. I know what I want to do. And my brothers and sisters, when I know what I want to do, my brothers and sisters annoy me. Especially if they don't agree with what I want to do. In the time frame I want to do it, right? I'm just like, you are so annoying. And God is going, I'm providing you something here. And I wonder how often we're just, we're annoyed at the ram God has provided. We're annoyed instead of going, wow, let me, let me look around and go, you know what? That's there for a reason. Amen. That's the, man, you Gosh, I'm sick and tired of listening to that. Oh, the ram's for me? Awesome. This is great. 
All right? We've got to look around because sometimes, again, we can be like this, all about us, all about like our tough times and all about our, you know, challenges and all the time. And God is going, man, I'm providing all of this stuff around you. If you just looked around, if you just talked to some brothers and sisters, if you just like got into the work, you would see, right? This is the journey he went on. I love it. But this is the word right here that, boy, let's drive this in. Absolutely drive this in. We're going to finish up with this verse right here, Second Peter. Okay, jump on over there. Because, you know, it's easy, um, again, to take a verse like this and, and to hear it like materialistically or to hear it humanistically, which is like, okay, God, you're going to provide me with what I want materially. Okay, let me read you this. Second Peter 1, verse 3. Peter writes, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That me and you have been provided with every single thing we need to live a life of godliness. We ha- if you're thinking, God, if you just gave me some other friends, if you just gave me some other people, if you just gave me some other roommates, if you just gave me some other a different city, if you just gave me a different, then I would be able to do good. Again, you're saying, God, you can't handle this. You need me to help you. All right? And God is going, no, no, see, I've already provided you everything. Did you know that? Did you know right now you have everything you need for life and God? Everything.